Oh, hey, girl. It's Tess Rouse and Christina Beattie. We're the co-hosts and creators of Authentically Wild. A podcast that may literally transform your understanding about life, relationships, and your healing journey. So get ready, girl. Shit's about to get wild. Hi, everyone. For today's episode, you'll want a pen and a notepad handy. We are diving into the toolbox. That's right. We are going to chat about what tools and practices Christina and I started with which ones we use regularly, and where you can begin to. We're talking podcasts, books, meditation, breath work, and many, many more self-care tools. Good news, though, we're breaking this into two parts. Today is going to be part one, where we're going to be diving into the tools. And next week, we're going to chat about the practices and discuss what a day in our lives looks like and how you, too, can integrate some of these into your daily routine. This has been a highly requested topic for us to chat about. We will link everything. So sit back and soak it all in. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. (laughs) I am excited for this one. Right? I feel like I need a place where all of the things we've tried, trial and errored, and have now fully integrated are all listed. I'm sure like all of our listeners would like as well. Yes. Yeah. And, And just if you're listening to this and you're on your own journey, you're on your own self-exploration path, really just take what you want from this, right? What you feel called to, what feels in alignment and connects for you. Because these are things that have worked for Tess and I along the way. Um, These are things that have aided in our own self-expansion, but this is going to look different for everyone. And so it doesn't mean that you take all of this and put it into your life and and feel pressure to, to do it all, but rather see what feels in alignment for you. See what interests you through all of these different things that we'll be talking about, because there will be a lot and yeah, they've just done so much for, for each of us. I'm super excited to share. Yes. And, and maybe just to echo that as well, you know, kind of surrender to the ebb and flow. So you may find that uh, breath work is something you're really into. And then months later, it's just not doing it for you anymore. And I think that's something that I've had to release is that you don't have to integrate all the things and, and cement those into your daily practice forever. You are growing and evolving and the practices and tools that you need to support you along the way should be evolving with you as well. Even like the time of day that you're doing the mat, I used to wake up religiously super early and work out and then do meditation at night. And And I was finding that wasn't working for me. And so also, you know, experiment with switching up when you're doing things throughout your day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, And something we're going to talk about in next week's episode as well, which will be part two, where we look more closely at our daily practices at what a day in the life looks like for each of us and how we've really integrated so many of these different pieces. But again, I think part of this journey of self-expansion and self-exploration is doing the things that feel, feel in alignment. And so if something doesn't anymore, you, you have permission to switch things up. It doesn't always have to be the same way. And I think that that truly becomes, or has become the goal for me is what feels most in alignment and how can I curate my day and my life around what feels in alignment? Because this is how I feel the most success and growth and, and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, without further ado, let's jump into our first, our first bucket. Yes. Podcasts. Podcasts. (laughs) Oh, I love a good podcast. Um, Do you want to maybe start with this? You start with the one that 
that stands out the most for you. Although I think I know what it's going to be and it's a, it's a favorite. Well, I, I will first say that podcasts were not something I ever listened to up until maybe I started about a year ago and they have now become part of a daily ritual. Anytime I'm in the car, I don't even listen to the radio anymore. I mean, my Spotify, it's all just podcasts because I just find you can multitask while learning. It's, (laughs) it's a multitasker's dream basically. And I mean, top of the list is Mark Groves. He came from a a similar background as me, like the corporate world. Uh, He was in pharmaceuticals though, and literally just felt that that was not lighting him up anymore and completely changed his trajectory. Wanted to talk about relationships just due to all the relationships that he'd been through and the lessons that he was seeing and wanted to learn more about. And like, man, thank the universe that he Mm. made the switch because every time I listen, I get so pumped up. So I would encourage anyone who has not subscribed to his podcast to go and do it. He has hundreds of episodes now on on all the topics, whether it's super spiritual or just love relationships, friendships, whatever it is. He is is mesmerizing how authentically him uh, he is. I would agree 100% agree with everything you just said there. The second one you and I have both listened to, I, I really like it's very based in spirituality, health, wellness, healing, all of that good stuff is the almost 30 podcast with two women, Krista and Lindsay, really, really good podcast. If you're looking to deepen your spirituality, know more about health and wellness. They always have really great guests on. I actually really prefer the solo episodes as well, because each of the women really dig into pieces of their own journey and healing. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. And I think their personalities are a little bit different. I think that's why their audience is also so big because depending on your flavor and your style, you're going to resonate and pick up more from either one of them. Another episode is one called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. Really, really love this one. If you're looking for a good pump up, the episodes are often a little bit shorter, but he's just really fast, quick to the point. If you need that sort of kick in the ass that day, he's going to be the guy to give it to you. Like he's very brash, very straight to the point. And yeah, I really love it if I'm needing a needing a pump me up or needing a, a reality check. Another one, I would say, actually, this one really opened me up to the Akashic Records. So before I actually got into reading my own record and reading records for clients, I actually just kind of randomly started listening to this podcast. It's called The Line Podcast with Ashley Wood. And it's very based in obviously not only the Akashic Records, but also just spirituality, healing, um, just wanting to deepen the connection within yourself and in your relationships. She's really good. She has a much softer approach. And if you're looking to just deepen the connection with your higher self or your spirituality or the spirit world, it would be a really great one. And also if you're intrigued by the Akashic Records, also a really great one in that sense. And maybe I think one of the last ones we're going to mention is the To Be Magnetic podcast with Lacey Phillips. So if you have not checked that out, I'd urge you to do that. Lacey is a neural manifestation expert and speaker and a lot 
lot of the foundation of the TBM work. So that's the acronym there, TBM for to be magnetic is based on um, really, it really integrates neural science. So science of the brain and, and reprogramming, reprogramming trauma and blocks that are preventing you from manifesting the life that you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so lots of podcasts in this sort of genre talk about manifestation and her approach to it is very unique. I think if you're just beginning your journey, if there's a specific area that you're trying to manifest or make changes in, there's lots of really good personal accounts of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit later in this podcast about her TBM uh, membership that you can actually do, which really sort of guides you through all of these different uh, neural practices that you can do to reprogram and unblock for manifestations. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about her work later in this episode, uh, because it's been very foundational for me in terms of my healing. And I know it's something that you've kind of just started to dig into Tess. So we can touch on that next category, next bucket, if you will, books. I am super excited to talk about some of the books that have really aided us on our journeys. The first two, I'm going to talk about two authors and then their individual books that have helped me in terms of building my awareness around ego. Okay. So working with and understanding my ego has been absolutely foundational in my healing has been absolutely foundational in my growth, my self-expansion, because the more that you can understand the role your ego plays in who you are in your life, in your relationships, so, so, so crucial, right? And it's not, if there's one thing I've learned, it's not about resisting or pushing away or ignoring your ego. It's about understanding its role, understanding what it is trying to do within you, create safety, protect you, right? And building an awareness around how that shows up. And two of the best authors that have really helped me with this are number one, Eckhart Tolle, and number two, Byron Katie. So two books, Eckhart, actually any work that Eckhart Tolle does that you can find, you could find him on podcasts, you can find him in books, but two specifically that have really helped me are The Power of Now and A New Earth. And this was all about, you know, really helping me understand my ego, helping me understand my thoughts, learning how to practice detachment with my thoughts and just practicing more presence and stillness in my life. So again, anything by Eckhart Tolle is gold. The other author, Byron Katie, she was, oh, she was so amazing for me, especially in my deepest rock bottoms, because for anybody who doesn't know, I've talked about this a little bit, but at the depth of my anxiety was intrusive thoughts. And these intrusive thoughts, until I was able to really understand them and work through them, had so much control over me and my daily life. These intrusive thoughts were not only very jarring for me, like they would hit me and it would just feel like I'd been hit by a train and it would totally throw me off, but also very scary. And until I could understand what their role was and why they were here, they really controlled my life. So Byron Katie also has lots of different books. The one specifically that helped me the most was Loving What Is. It allowed me to see my thoughts, see the false narratives in my head connect back to the truth, find and feel my inner peace really helped me so much with my intrusive thoughts and what they truly meant and just seeing through them and be able to support myself through them. So if you have anxiety, if you struggle with anxiety, especially intrusive thoughts, I would highly recommend Byron Katie. And I'll also recommend another one down the road, but those would be top two for now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are both good. And Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. He's a fan favorite for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, and I just want to also point out, if you're busy, 
and the thought of sitting down and reading a 300 page book is overwhelming to you, even though maybe you'd really enjoy that experience or you're that person who only gets a book when you're going on an airplane, which I think in the last two years is probably pretty non-existent. Yeah. I would say I had never listened to an audiobook until actually you told me you were listening to an audiobook. And I was like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> of course there audiobooks have been around forever. You just had to go and like rent the tape from the library, but now it's just off your phone. Yes. So an audiobook is very similar to a podcast. It's just you're diving way deeper with someone speaking on one topic or whatever their book's about. So, you know, if you're busy, you can pop an earbud in and listen and pause and stop as you go. But I find I'm getting through way more books that way. Um, and, and it's great. I mean, I still do love paper in my hands, but obviously sometimes we just can't afford the time to, or, you know, kids come by or whatever. The, the first book that I had read in a while was actually right before my rock bottom. And I do think that there was a purpose for me picking up this book. I had read an interview with Adele and her talking about Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Mm. I'm sure a lot of people have probably read it. If you haven't, literally go to the bookstore or download it today. It was so eye-opening for me. It's very much a teaching memoir about her divorce and actually her falling in love with um, and marrying another woman. But really that aside, that's her experience where she's really showing you the lessons she learned. It's, it's about untaming yourself from sort of the programming, the layers that you've been conditioned with to really find out who you are and what you really want. Mm -hmm. And for me, I remember laying in my bed reading this and being like, wow, she's going through a lot of the stuff I was where she has this voice talking to her, telling her, I don't think this is what we want. What's going on? This is not working for us. And I was like, oh, so I'm not the only one, like literally talking to myself. Mm -hmm. It was kind of, you know, that, that inner soul, I think getting fired up about really wanting me to come back home to who I was. And I just remember like once I had my rock bottom thinking, thank God I have read that book because it really gave me this place to sort of go back to. I can now sort of reevaluate pieces of my life because she was able to do that and she was fine. So it sort of gave me that allowance to do that. I didn't have to sit in sort of the deconstruction of my life and think, well, it's just over and it's all downhill from here. It showed me that I could kind of pick up the pieces and redefine who I was or kind of get back to probably who I authentically was. So she is just really expanding. And for anyone kind of just starting their journey and maybe you're not spiritual in the sense, but you know, it's, it's, it's really about asking the right questions and taking that time with yourself. I'd really encourage that to be kind of one of the beginner books that you read. Yeah. And hearing you speak about that book. Oh, I remember I felt the same way when I was reading it, it was just groundbreaking for me. But mm -hmm. the piece that also sticks out was she gives this analogy of when she was stepping into this new life. And there was sort of like this protection that needed to occur of this new life of her new relationship with Abby and of their love. And the, the almost like bubble they needed to create what she, in a sense, the boundaries they needed to create. And she gives this analogy of the moat and that like people can't actually cross over. I think it was like a castle or something. People mm -hmm. can't actually cross over the bridge unless they are going to respect and also protect that energy that they were creating in that life. And that she didn't, she said to her mom, you are not allowed to come over here until yes. you are allowed to bring a specific energy. And it makes me think so much about, you know, for me, this new path that I've stepped onto, I, I really have to protect my energy and protect these really important pieces that I'm building and creating and, 
And it almost gives you a bit of permission that it is so important when we are stepping out and doing these things for ourselves and stepping into our most authentic selves and doing the things that are right for us. And, and that we do have to protect that. It's like protecting that peace, that P-E-A-C-E inside of us, mm-hmm. you know, that it's like, it's so important. Yeah. And it resonates with me a lot too. I even think that healing and your journey I would urge you look at the things in your life that are not serving you and see if you can plug in some of these tools in there because healing yourself cannot just be a thing you pick up once a month. Okay, I'm going to listen to one podcast a month and somehow I'm going to transform my life. It literally, if if you're really serious about it and there's some major areas where you want to make change and you want to connect with yourself, it has to become integrated into your life because when I was telling people, oh, we're we're moving away for a year, why are you doing that? And I think in some ways relating to Glenn and Joel, I wanted to protect this, this union and this rebuilding of our marriage, but in the same way, I actually wanted to get away from everything so that this could be a main focus for me. So I'd say, you know, not that everyone's going to go move away or take an elongated time off work, but in a way, what she was also doing was stopping any distractions because Mm -hmm. she wanted to really build that new family of hers and really root herself in, in this new journey that she was stepping onto. And, and, and that in a way is symbolic of sort of what I'm doing as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I hear you saying too, is if healing is a priority for you, if self-expansion is a priority for you in your life right now, how can you get clearer on the things that are serving you in this regard and fill more of your day with those things and release some of the things that are not? I just want to touch on two more books. The, The next one is if you are trying to dig into your purpose, wanting to embody more of the light within you, just wanting to feel more connected with your soul and your highest calling, I highly, highly recommend Light is the New Black by Rebecca Campbell. Oh, so good. I actually, when I was reflecting on some of my favorite books, it made me realize I want to read it again. It's a book that I've read many, many times. And it's also one of those books that you can literally open up to a page and and see some sort of guidance, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's broken up page by page. And so you could literally open it up and that could be your guidance for the day, whatever yeah. that page says. The last book I would recommend is if you struggle with anxiety, intrusive thoughts, especially this was also very foundational with my intrusive thoughts, The Wisdom of Anxiety by Cheryl Paul. This book was quite literally, it saved me on some days when I was at the deepest places in my anxiety And with those intrusive thoughts, it allowed me to see my anxiety from such a different lens. It allowed me to create safety and connection within myself. And it really taught me how to hold space within myself with my emotions, allow me to feel, allow me to cut through those intrusive thoughts, see what they were protecting me from feeling and just really build this beautiful connection within myself. So I would highly, highly recommend that one as well. Mm, That's a good one. I've also read Light is the New Black and I refer to it as like a really good pep talk. Mm. If if you're stepping out, if you're trying to connect with your intuition, find your authentic self, your purpose, and it feels risky, that will ground you right back into it. So if Mm. you're kind of starting your journey, feeling a bit of doubt, like, yeah, pick up one page and be like, okay, yeah, I'm centered again. Let's do this. And, and two, I think a lot of the stuff that we're recommending here, you know, is for when you're kind of first starting out your journey, like how do you get started? These are some books. If you're already maybe past some of these books or podcasts we've already mentioned, and you're kind of looking for the next thing to kind of level up, I'd recommend Rebecca Campbell's second book, which is Rise, Sister Rise. But Mm -hmm. I would say 
I just finished it and I started with light is new black. And there is no way if I started with rise sister rise, I would have even understood half the things she was talking about. So it just shows you to sort of in using these tools, strengthening sort of my practice, like where I've come. And I think that that is possible for everyone. Uh, but I would just say, start with light is the new black. Uh, so maybe we're going to jump into our next bucket mm-hmm. guided meditation and breath work. And we don't say meditation because we're going to talk about that next week in practice. But if you're starting out and you're looking for another tool to try to see if it fits, um, you know, and feels good for you, this is where I started. I'm sure you probably started with these as well, but on mm-hmm. Spotify, all the different apps on your phone, you can find thousands and thousands of guided meditations where literally if you're someone who has a very busy mind guided meditation, I think is sort of that first initial step forward into meditation, because in a way your thoughts are being sort of captivated by that person's voice and they're guiding you as to what to think next. And my perception of what meditation was, was very different than what it actually is. I think a lot of people don't try it or they say it's not for me because they assume their mind has to be completely blank. I have found in my experience That is not the case. I think lots of really modern yoga teachers even say that as well. It's really about seeing your thoughts, almost being like, hi, okay, I see you and letting them pass through you. And also keeping note of what's coming up in those thoughts, because those are the things that are typically driving you during the day. really about being present with your thoughts and seeing what comes up and becoming aware of it as opposed to silencing it. And, and just focusing on your breath. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe just a little bit of that. And they're all different. They can go into, you know, healing, positivity, courage, strength. All, there's so many. And then breath work, I think is just another tool as well. So maybe Christine, do you want to talk about some of the ones? Yeah. And before I touch on the breath work piece, I also want to add with meditation that if there's one thing I've learned on my own journey, the most success that I've began to experience with meditation occurred after I stopped looking at it as a thing that I do, but rather an energy that I embody. And I mean, really, when when we're doing meditation, it's about becoming present and aware in the moment. So that doesn't mean we just don't have thoughts, but like you said, it's about becoming aware of the thoughts because the reason why we meditate is so that in our day-to-day, we can become more aware of the thoughts, of the things that are occurring in our lives, of our relationships, of our actions, of our behaviors, of, of everything. And so really meditation is almost like the proactive piece of being able to become aware and more present and more still in our everyday life. And so, like you said, again, yeah, it's not about resisting, but inviting it in when things are showing up, don't push them away. Just allow them to be there with you, you Mm -hmm. know? And how many people I'll raise my own hand before I started meditation or guided meditation, you can go through life, literally never having a moment of silence with yourself. So how are you supposed to get to know yourself? It'd be like trying to have a conversation with your girlfriend and 12 kids are running around. That's what, you know, the day-to-day life is like. So until you begin to really ground into that practice, you don't have moments of silence where you can actually see what you're thinking. Sometimes Mm. I wish back, like, why didn't I start that 10 years ago? Maybe I could have given myself some advice, but I was too busy to listen. Yeah. Um, Right. Like the, maybe the, the moment of stillness is like right before you're about to fall asleep, but then you're going into a whole nother brainwave. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and the other piece is when we're not aware of it, the ego just runs the show. And so when we do go into that meditation piece, we can actually start to build more awareness around the ego and how activated it can be a lot of the time. And also then we do in those silent moments, in those more silent moments, when we kind of can see the ego, we also can start to see our higher self. 
mm-hmm. and, and our intuition. And it's about realizing that we're the awareness of all of that, which that's a whole other level of, of, a, of a podcast talk. <laughs> but, but anyways, read Eckhart Tolle if you want to get to know more about that stuff. Yeah. Or even the untethered soul. I'm reading it while listening to it right now. And you're saying a lot of the things they talk about in there, yeah. which is a heavy, a heavy read in itself. Yeah. Because if we can see these thoughts, if we can be the awareness of these thoughts, we aren't them. And that was foundational for me on my healing journey, especially with my intrusive thoughts. Because once I started to realize that if I could see my intrusive thoughts, that meant that they actually weren't me. So that, Mm -hmm. that meant that those thoughts, I wasn't a bad person for having these intrusive thoughts. It was actually like these alarm bells that were going off of, you are not safe. You need to create safety in these moments. So yeah, I can dig into that in another one, but very interesting. I love this stuff. It it just jazzes me right up. (laughs) Um, Okay. Breathwork. So breathwork was, again, I love saying the word foundational, but it really was foundational in my healing journey, because if you are somebody that has a hard time sitting in silence and you get all the thoughts that come up in the meditation and it can be frustrating, or it just doesn't feel like it's doing anything. Breathwork can be a really nice alternative because when you are doing the breathwork, It can feel like a lot at first and you kind of just have to push through. It's almost like you're kind of going up a mountain. And if you can push through the first little bit, it becomes much easier and you can actually feel so much connection and whatever energy that you're experiencing prior to that can truly shift. And for me, I have my greatest intuitive downloads when I'm doing breath work, but it totally changed my healing. It opened me up. It allowed me to find stillness, but also move the energy within myself. It really reconnected me to the truth and again, helped so much with my anxiety. So one person I would highly recommend for breath work is Brie Melanson. You can actually find her on Instagram. She has great content. You can find her resources free on Insight Timer. If you're looking to do more of like a program around breath work or different styles of breath work. Another person I would also highly recommend is Michelle Diavella. I think I pronounced that correctly. She has a company called Pushing Beauty. I did her breath work for a while and paid a really small amount each month. I'm talking like, I don't know, 15 bucks. And you have access to all her different styles, whether you want to look into inner child, shadow, self-expansion, like she has beamed breath work meditations and also very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. And maybe just to clarify as well. So breath work, especially the guided ones are, they'll literally give you a breath pattern. They will verbally show them like, and you, you follow that pattern, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's, it's also a guided meditation. So they're, as you're continuing that repetition of breath, they're guiding you through maybe what you're unblocking or what they want you to think about or become aware of. Uh, And then I'm assuming we can get into that in the praxis. At some point, you actually just begin to do it on your own. So guided meditation and then breathwork can also be sort of combined into one. And those experts that Christina mentioned have some great ones. I've done some of Bree's work as well. And the energy side, the physical sensation is in your body that happen. Mm something's happening. And I think this has been, you know, I think you're almost like pulling oxygen away from your brain and into the different energy centers within your body, but it's crazy. It's next level. Like, yes, obviously you kind of get lightheaded of it. And I even remember in the first minute being starting to cough, it's like, my body was almost lethargic to it. And and literally Brie goes, and you might be getting to the point where you feel really uncomfortable, push through that. And it is true. Once you can get over that little hurdle, it's like a whole nother level. Yeah. And, and if you are somebody who struggles with anxiety, 
thoughts in your head, rumination, highly recommend breath work because you literally have to be out of your head. You have to be in your body. You have to be focusing on your breath and you are forced to be present in your body. And also I find too, if I'm experiencing a really hard emotion or I'm really, really triggered and it's, and I don't have time to like sit and journal it out. Or if I do a quick breath work session, very, very helpful. So Mm, awesome. So the next bucket we're going to talk about is professional services such as coaching, therapy, memberships, anything like that. I found that in my journey, I had great experiences with some counselors and some not so great experiences with counselors, therapists, psychologists. I remember one specific session that I had with a psychologist where we sat there for an hour. It was probably one of the worst days in my rock bottom. I literally can remember. I felt, I felt like dying and we sat there and we kind of deconstructed so much of what was going on within me. I literally like, it was like, she just asked questions and wanted to dig. And it was our first session together. And I literally, you know, verbal diarrhea, everything out. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, okay, so when do you want to do your next session? And I looked at her and I was like, that's it. And she was like, well, our time's up. And, and she's like, we've, we've kind of covered everything. This was sort of just a little introductory session and, and yeah, we'll kind of dig in more into it in the next session. And I remember leaving there, sitting in my car, feeling way worse than I even, than when I went in, which was not good either. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, but this can't be it you know, and actually that was one of the moments where I remember looking back and being like, but there needs to be more out there for people like, like this kind of service for me did not help me at all. I needed more. I needed more action forward. I needed something to work with moving forward. I needed more. And so that was actually a big reason when I went into coaching, a big motivation around some of the different practices I use with clients that are a bit different, but on the other hand, I've had great experiences with counselors. I've, I've worked, I've, there was one counselor that I worked with and she was amazing. She was very holistically based and she really helped me tap into deeper pieces within myself and build that deeper connection and create safety within myself. And so I guess the main thing that I would say with this is that when it comes to finding a counselor, a therapist, psychologist, whatever, you really need to find the right fit for you. And sometimes that looks like trying on a bunch of different ones until you find that right fit. You may not find it right away. You know, it's kind of like a pair of jeans. Like when you find a good pair of jeans, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to wear these like every day and I'm going to go back to them and I don't want to wash them, you know, cause they fit real good. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it takes a bit to find those jeans. Yes, absolutely. I have a feeling a lot of listeners have probably been to counseling at least once in their life. And it's unfortunate because sometimes if you, if you try on a bad pair of jeans, you don't want to go jean shopping anymore. Mm, actually, <laughs> <And> yes. Yes. <laughs> right. I, I don't think anyone really likes jean shopping. It's like bathing suit shopping, but I'd say to back to that piece we mentioned earlier, if you're really serious about your healing journey or becoming the best version of yourself and, or whatever you want to phrase it as getting some sort of professional service, I would say is is critical in your journey. I don't think that you can do it alone because if you could, you would have done it already. Uh, You wouldn't still be, you know, weighed down by those pieces. And also 
go into it with the mindset, like this isn't forever. I know sometimes it can be an investment for people, but for me, um, I did quite a bit of coaching with Christina, actually, she's great. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And you know, like I have her as a friend, which is great. And maybe at some point in my future, I will need one-on-one coaching again, but you know, through coaching, I was able to find what tools, what threads I needed to follow, what were the key foundational issues or traumas I was dealing with. And then I was able to take the tools we've discussed today and really create my own practice out of them and continue that self-healing journey. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's also the time in between your sessions. Don't just put that onus on your coach or your therapist. It is you, like you are also in the driver's seat. So I think like Christina said, you have to find the right person who's going to give you actionable ways forward, get you on the right path, but you also have responsibility in that. I find it's like during coaching sessions or counseling, it's the seeds are planted and it's my job to really nourish them and grow them in between those sessions. So Mm -hmm. I'd also another piece of advice for this tool is put in that work in between because you'll, I think you will really see your, your change and, and the healing that you're doing uh, grow exponentially if you do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to add to that, I, especially stepping into this new path, I knew that I wanted to hire a professional, specifically a coach, because I have done great work with coaches. I just, I find, I like that forward movement. I like having the action piece personally for myself. And then also with my clients, I just find that that's super important. And sometimes that's missing in some of the other professional services. And so I did hire my own coach who I'm still working with her. Um, We do sessions every two or three weeks. I mean, even being a coach, I think it's really important for me to continue to grow and expand. And she really does that for me, right? Like we focus a lot on my own growth and expansion, especially with my business. And she just really helps me dig into my intention and dig into what I want for myself and my vision for myself. And so it's like, it doesn't matter where we're at in our lives. I think that this can be really important for every person to have someone like that, that they can rely on, that they can invest in. And that's the other piece I want to add here is that sometimes we're like, well, I don't have money for that. I can't afford that. And Hey, I get it. It's not easy to pay out of pocket for a service for someone, the coach that I hired definitely out of my budget. But I will say this, when something is really, really important to you, that's where you, again, coming back to that piece of making things a priority, that's where you have to look at the things maybe that you're spending your money on and what can you take out and start to put more money into the things that you want to prioritize. Because sure, it's not easy to put money into a professional, a coach, a therapist, whoever you want to invest in. But I will tell you what, Every time I have hired a professional to help me, to support me, to help me grow in some way, I have never regretted it. Never, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh yeah. If you really want to heal, get real with yourself. This shit is hard. And it means something like maybe sacrificing your Starbucks so you can afford your coach or or even just your time. Like your time alone is a resource, right? So I just encourage everyone like, you really have to take self-healing seriously. It's it's something I feel like I've been doing my whole life, but really I have not taken it seriously until this year. And sometimes I think we have to be in our rock bottoms to actually want to grab onto the rope to pull ourselves out. Yeah, a hundred percent. And to just add a little piece there is that 
if you are someone that has these goals and these visions for yourself and you aren't seeing it happen, whether it's losing the weight and you find that you can't change your eating habits or you're wanting to dig into your healing, but you can't, for some reason, there's a resistance, there's a blocks. Start to look at that. Why start to look at your story, start to look at your narratives, see the things that are blocking you because oftentimes it's ego trying to keep you safe in the mm-hmm. things habits, the behaviors that you've done your whole life. So just get curious. That's a great Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Maybe the last piece we want to touch on in the service piece is maybe you've done coaching or counseling, or maybe you don't feel like you're quite ready. And it's a bit more of a journey you want to unfold on your own at first to feel more comfortable, or maybe you're looking to sort of expand to the next level after you've seen a professional, a program that Christina introduced me to as she's completed it. I'm in the middle of it is the to be magnetic membership through Lacey Phillips. So we mentioned her podcast. That'd be a great place to go just to get a feel for sort of what they talk about their foundation of, of what the TBM program is about, but it, it is almost like guided healing, guided Mm -hmm. walking, guided reprogramming. So think of guided meditation, same concept. They go through these meditative modules, but you're also learning a lot. It's all to do with neuroscience, how the brain processes trauma, how we get programmed, how we get conditions. I'd say if if you're someone who's more science-based, you want evidence, this would be a great program for you. And even if you're not, they are all things spirituality as well. And it's been transformative for me and I'm only halfway done. And I know Christina, this was just something I think I stumbled across and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to sign up for that. And, And you were like, Oh yeah, that was a foundational thing for me. I had no yes. idea you'd done it. So I just think it was interesting how we both got led to that yes. program in some way. Yeah. And and the other piece I want to say there is number one, it, it was huge for me on my journey. I've I started doing it, oh, I'd say a couple of years ago at least, and really, really helpful. I will say this: if you're somebody that's a self-starter, if you're somebody that has motivation to do things on your own, this would be a really good a really good resource as well, because it does require self-motivation to complete some of these different modules and doing the guided meditation, the deep programming pieces, you do have to do these things at home on your own. And so you, if you are somebody that likes to do these things and you do have that self-motivation, this would be a really, really great resource. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So our final piece, we're going to talk a little bit about energy cleansing, how to support your energy, the best pieces you can do, as well as some self-care tools that you can practice as well. Mm -hmm. This is the miscellaneous bucket. (laughs) Yes. We kind of just threw a bunch of things into this one. So maybe we'll start with crystals. I'm sure everyone's heard of them. Probably half people listening have, you know, at least a salt lamp or some rose quartz somewhere, but typically crystals can be thought of to promote like physical, emotional, and spiritual healing. Uh, They've been used for centuries. I think the science behind them is that they say, you know, the crystals can be almost magnetizing where they interrupt and interact with your energy fields. So if you think of Chinese medicine or any of the ancient traditional cultures, typically energy centers is is a big foundational pillar of, of their belief system. So if you think of like the chakra system, crystals are really just a tool that helps to build off of either unblocking energy or moving energy or bringing more Mm. positive energy into whatever space it is that you need healing. So uh, I'd say that a lot of people use them for things like alleviating stress, helping to connect more intuitively if they're meditating, um, you know, improve creativity. There's 
thousands of different crystals and gems. There's so many books on them. You go to any bookstore, you'll see them. Each of them have different properties, different minerals that supposedly can can help with that. And Mm -hmm. if all else fails, they're really pretty to look at and they make a really fun talk shocking point. So, yeah. And I will say too, that for somebody who like, when I meditate, sometimes I can feel a bit heady and just like my energy, it's hard to kind of bring it down. And I do have this really big selenite crystal that I put in my palm and it just feels more grounding. So aside from the actual health benefits and the benefits it provides for our energy, it also just helps me feel more grounded, holding it in my hands while I'm meditating, or, you know, I hold them while I do readings and the records for clients. And it just, it allows me to just feel more grounded in my body and grounded in my energy as well. Mm -hmm. Another piece I want to talk about here is for me, salt baths have been very, very helpful in terms of, I often will take a nice salt bath at the end of the day. It helps cleanse my energy. It helps ground me. I especially have a nice salt bath if it's been a stressful day or after a day full of readings and sessions with clients, just because I'm picking up so much other energy throughout the day. And I find too, that for Max, we've been off it a little bit lately, but he sometimes has more anxiety for a little guy. He can be quite anxious. And when he would get home from school, I would do a nice salt bath for him with some oils and it would help ground him as well. So if you have a child as well, who not more emotional, but just maybe struggles with anxiety or has more emotional challenges, salt baths can be really helpful as well. And I will say too, not just any salt, but I use Himalayan pink sea salt. And when I've gone to stores that specialize in energy crystals, different things like that, they highly, highly recommend the Himalayan pink sea salt specifically for energy. And then the last piece I'm going to talk about is cold showers. So this has been a huge piece for me on my journey. I started taking cold showers every day as a way to help me with my anxiety, because really you're literally forced to get out of your head and into your body. And then as I started to research cold showers, Wim Hof source to use because he has done so much research and compiled so much data around cold showers in terms of health benefits great for inflammation, inflammatory diseases, just your health in general, very, very good for you. And also anxiety. And then I just found through practicing them every day, you know, I started at 10 seconds, 15 seconds, went to 30. Now I'm usually in there for about two minutes back in front and Oh, they're the best. Mm -hmm. You can go in feeling any type of emotion and come out feeling amazing. Mm -hmm. And I usually take them in the morning And again, I slowly built up to that amount of time. I definitely did not start at two minutes, nor did I start doing front and back. Putting on a great song can be really helpful, or I also like to count out my breaths. But yeah, it's just, they're the best. They're like one of my favorite practices. Yeah, it's it's like an instant attitude adjustment. (laughs) Yes. I swear sometimes Tori is like, I think you need to go for a cold plunge or Mm. go take a cold shower. I'm like, thanks. (laughs) It's funny. Max said that to me the other day. He was like, mom, I think you need to go have a cold shower. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I do. 
It's true. I mean, European cultures have been doing sort of, I'm sure lots of people listening have been to the Scandinavian spa in Whistler, but the hot, cold rest. So like the cold piece has been used again in cultures for, for decades and decades and decades. It, it does quite a few things just physically. And this has been studied scientifically very thoroughly. So look it up. There's so much information out there, but increases your happiness. It, it causes a boost to your immune system, which is important for both of us with autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. uh, combats inflammation with arthritis or any anti-inflammatory properties for those who are maybe on a physical health journey, boost your metabolism, can help with weight loss. It helps with lymphatic drainage, which I think is really, really important. And in terms of the happiness piece, so scientifically, it actually stimulates the release of norepinephrine, which is just a chemical in your body that basically acts as the stress hormone and a neurotransmitter. Mm -hmm. So all of this stuff has been studied so, so thoroughly. And I think, you know, it literally is a, it's an attitude adjustment. Like it, it sparks chemical reactions in your body that physically will just happen automatically. And so if anything, and I would say if you're plunging as opposed to cold showering or actually both, when you can put your face in, Ooh, yeah, it's a whole nother level, your whole head. Yeah. So if you're doing your body, that's great. And that's still doing lots of stuff, but it's like the cranial piece. If you can get your head dunked and maybe not for two minutes though, or, yes. or, you know, in the shower a little bit, it literally takes your breath away. <laughs> oh, now I'm getting, I'm getting, uh, motivation to go do this after actually. (laughs) And I will say I hated it at first. Like I was like, this just feels painful, but now I look forward to it. And I feel it's also, I don't know, helps me feel like, wow, I'm brave every time I do it. Yeah. Because it's, it's damn cold. Like it's it's very uncomfortable, but I want to say this too, because I think this is really important. When you get in that cold water, your ego is going to tell you every reason why you need to get out because it's uncomfortable it's painful. In some cases, some people have actually messaged me and be like, well, what do I do when it's actually painful? Just build time up, right? Like give yourself time to build up to a certain amount of time that you're, that you have a goal of of staying in for. But Mm -hmm. I want to say this too, if you are somebody that has no connection with your body, or it's hard for you to feel into your body, it's hard for you to feel your emotions there. It could be because there is a natural block of not feeling safe to do this. Cold showers is a very holistic, natural way to start to build this connection in your body, because it forces you to find that safety in your body. Because what what you're doing is you're taking it and you're realizing that at the end, I'm okay, I'm safe. I did this. I was able to be in my body, feel into it, even though it was uncomfortable, and I'm still safe. Mm-hmm. And that is a process of feeling your emotions is being in your body, being damn uncomfortable, and realizing that you're still safe feeling that. Yeah. And so it's, it's the same process. And so if you're trying to build that connection with your body and feel into those emotions, this is a really great place to start to create that safety. Mm-hmm. And, and just maybe the last tool that we were going to touch on was cards. So mm. I would say this is more once you're further along in your spiritual journey, or, or maybe you just want like a bit of positivity or a bit of guidance in your life. Some people swear by cards. Some people really do feel like it's like divine power, the universe coming through and speaking to them. I will fully admit at first, I didn't really get it. Mm-hmm. And it's only as I began to sort of increase my use of cards that I 
I'm like, okay, out of the 52 cards in this deck and the one thing I was focusing on where I wanted answers to or guidance, how did this card come up? Like it just resonates. The synchronicities are just so spot on that there has to be something to it. So I just wanted to mention a couple of card decks that I have found helpful and super easy to use. The first, if like you're super beginner and you just want a bit of positivity in your life, you know, those calendars where like you rip off every day and it's a positive quote, I'd recommend Gabby Bernstein's deck. The universe has your back. It's just like a mm-hmm. quick card to pull in the morning to kind of start your day off. Right. Christine and I both use uh, the chakra wisdom Oracle cards by Tori Hartman mm. are so great. It comes with a little guidebook that, there's just so many nuggets in there. And if anything, if, if you're not super in tune with kind of a divine power, it really just gives you pieces to think about. Like mm-hmm. these decks ask you a lot of questions to sort of self-reflect back onto yourself and, and, and you begin digging at. And I have found, you know, when I'm feeling kind of blocked or stuck, it can really get me just my, my brain and my, my, my soul kind of fired up and begin thinking about things. So uh, those are two. And then the last one that I've really, really started to like is the star seed Oracle deck by Rebecca Campbell. So we've mentioned her a couple of times, about some of her books, that one has been great. And, and also there's also tarot cards, which are more of a practice. Um, they typically come with smaller books or not with any, um, and all tarot cards are the same. They just have different graphics used, whereas oracles are completely unique on their own. So if that's something you ever want to jump into, the, the place that Christina mentioned, which will link, has tons. You can also order them off Amazon at chapters. You can get them. But if you go into a place like Phoenix Rising, they actually have little tester ones. So like you can actually look through them and look at the guidebooks if you're if you're kind of wanting to check them out. Yeah. And, and I will say too, that with cards, there's no wrong way to do it. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves that it has to look a certain way that we have to get specific answers that we have to be really good at it. There isn't a wrong way to do it. And it is a really, really great first step. If you are looking to build your intuition, if you are looking to build the connection within yourself with the spirit world, cards can be a really great first step, a a nice little practice that you can bring into your day to day. And also really fun with the kids because because I know I'm sure Tess with, with Thea and, um, and Turner, just like with Max and Zoe, we'll pull cards and they want to see what it says and what it means and what that means for their day. And it's just a cute little practice. I mean, sometimes when I'm doing my own little thing, I'm like, yeah, I don't want you to pull cards with me right now, (laughs) (laughs) but it can also be really cute when they come in and they want to see and, and see the cards and stuff. So also really something fun that you could incorporate with your kids, depending on how old they are as well. Mm -hmm, For sure. Okay. Well, I feel like that is a big bunch of tools for you guys to put on your tool belts and try them out and see what works for you. What doesn't, you can literally dive into any of those buckets literally online. If, if you wanted more information on them. And again, we will link everything that we talked about. So go check them out and enjoy and and soak it in and see what works for you. Yes. And if you are enjoying this podcast, please share with as many people as you would like, whether it's sending it to people or sharing it on your social media. It's always so helpful. You can subscribe, leave a rating and review. And if you are wanting to connect more, Tess and I, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok. For Tess, it's at her unearthed. And for me, Christina, it's at Christina.soulempowered. We thank you guys so much for listening and we can't wait to share you part two of this episode all about diving deeper into our practices and what our day-to-day looks like. 
We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks everyone. Bye. Bye.